This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back to some sort of Cooler Jets podcast where it's Ben Blessington and Michael Nania. Well, Michael, the Jets play another preseason game in less than 24 hours. A lot has happened this week. The first episode of Hard Knocks. You went to the Panthers and Jets joint practice. Uh, a lot to break down in this episode. But Michael, first, how you doing, man? I'm doing really good because I woke up this morning and I realized that we are exactly one month away from the season opener against the Bills. So it's been a long off season, but We've reached the stretch run. We're almost there. Have the stretch? The, you mean the home stretch? Come on now. I've, I've heard stretch run before. Yeah, maybe in Madden. Uh, I have, has your Rogers jersey arrived yet? I know you ordered the, the throwback to wear for that uh, for that opener. It has not arrived yet. I'm looking, still waiting. I'm looking forward to uh, to that opener. Like you said, I mean, I, I can't imagine what it's going to be like when he runs out of the. Tunnel I just looked it up. Time. It comes up on Google. People also ask, "What does stretch run?" Well, mean? I you, I know what you the meant. Final part of the race. I know what you meant, but the really saying is "home stretch." Okay, it's home stretch, but whatever. Um, well, like Michael said, we're in the stretch run. Yes. Of training camp, you, you know, you you came on last week after the after the Browns preseason game, and you're like, "Ah, oh, preseason's kind of boring or whatever." But I got to say, I love preseason. I love stress free Jets football as long as. You know, the starters aren't playing. I don't think it's boring. I more mean like, you know, when you're watching and you get into it, you're like, all right, it's a little bit of a drag at a certain point. But like once it's over and you get to analyze it all, then I think it's a lot of fun. Second half preseason games, kind of. But I just, I don't know. I just love, I love stress-free Jets football. And then especially this year with Zach Wilson and getting to watch how he develops. You know, there's there's some stakes. McBacton's going to be playing. A lot of the young guys are playing. So I disagree with your, your take on preseason. We'll get into that though. We'll talk about, uh, the Panthers game in a little bit. But obviously, a lot has happened this week that I guess we should break down. Let's start with Hard Knocks. I know it's you know it's Friday and that came out on Tuesday, but I did want to uh, talk about it a little bit. What were your what were your thoughts from the uh, the first episode of Hard Knocks? We I have to say, I know I just asked you, but I have to say, I, I mean, as a Jets fan, it's great. If I wasn't a Jets fan, though, kind of underwhelming. I mean, we'll see how the season develops. Right, well, I'm pro Hard Knocks, so should I go first and then you can kind of give your criticisms? All right. Or not, I mean, I, I asked I you. you know I what? Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Let's... Enjoyed the first episode. Yeah. Like, I enjoyed I it. it was awesome because, yeah, I mean, just the fact that you get, there's one thing that it really comes down to for me, and that's the fact that it's uncensored. That's what it comes down is to. Is it? Because it, is it uncensored? Keep going. Keep, oh, no. I'll, I'll let my argument. Okay. Okay. So just the fact that you get to hear everything, you know, it's not censored. It's not being published by the team. So there aren't these restrictions where it's like, Let's only put out the generic pro Jets stuff. I mean, I mean, not that there wasn't. Yeah, they, they have final say. Jets 
in this episode they do a final set uh, it, it just feels like you get the most authentic look at all the personalities on the team and i feel like that's something you don't really get with you know a team-made production like one jets drive or Ooh. really anything else that you see just because of the fact that okay we'll show them saying curse words or talking about you know certain topics that we might not show in a, in a different you know, in a different setting. So I, I think that's what really oh, makes what, it What different topics didn't we see? I mean, I know I, I agree with you. I thought I thought Hard Knocks. Uh, maybe something that Tanzel Smart might have said. Maybe they don't Car show Coochie that board? on One Jets. Yeah, maybe they don't say that on One Jets. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just like the fact that it, it feels like you get the most authentic look at the personalities. Well, it's an that's outside perspective. Opinion. And so that's, that's nice. It's on HBO. That's great. The production value is high. Look, I loved it. I mean, how could you not as a Jets fan? But I have to say, in comparison to at least the last time the Jets were on it or even other hard knock seasons, it's clearly washed over. It's like it felt like a, a highlight video for the entire thing. Was a little some... too pro Rogers. No, it Rogers just we didn't have propaganda. enough of like the raw, natural documentary style. Like there was like no dead silence. Well, I, I agree with you on that. I guess there's just more episodes to kind of yeah, we'll get see. into. If, if they were just setting the scene for people who aren't Jets fans of like, okay, here are all the storylines. But for me, if it's like if I wasn't a Jets fan and I was watching it, it kind of just felt like a Rogers and Jets highlight video with like a few mic'd up moments in between. We spent like 10 minutes with Leif Schreiber too. I mean, like, it was fun. Sala's speech at the beginning was really cool. Getting to see some of the, what was in the meetings was nice. But, you know, if you remember the last time the Jets were on, I don't know when the last time you watched it was, but you had a lot more of, like, what was actually happening in team meetings, kind of more of the raw more drama. stuff. Yeah, more drama with them talking positively or negatively about who's doing, you know, how, how pe- players are doing in camp. Um, I still enjoyed it. We'll see how it, how it develops. But clearly the Jets' reluctancy to be on the show and the concessions that Hard Knocks had to make I, you could feel it in that first episode. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, we get more of those those raw those raw moments. But I guess, I guess I'm just a crow. I guess I'm just a, a crow pecking at an eagle's neck. But I don't know. It just felt. <laughs> no, th- those are fair. I-, I hope we do get more of that over the next few episodes. I think the next episode should have a, a good opportunity to do that. You know, with the offensive line questions, maybe in Carolina, like you know some of the O-line struggles that were going on and going to that and like some of the challenges that Salas and, and Rogers have kind of subtly issued to the tackles. To I want to see more, more of so. the QB room with Zach Rogers hacking, yeah. like them teaching stuff. I mean, I know they don't want to give away certain stuff, but I, I, I want to see more of the, well, you know, I think the point of hard knocks was to be like a fly on the wall of an NFL training camp. And it didn't really feel like that. You know, it, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it develops. I still, still enjoyed it. Um, I mean, the, some of the biggest things that stood out to me watching it, first of all, when, when Joe Douglas came in for his introductory press conference and they still had Gase, uh, I remember him saying, you know, we want to build the best culture in sports. And at the time, it was kind of laughable considering what the Jets were at that point with Adam Gase. And, you know, for anybody who's watching that, especially players around the league who aren't in the building, you watch the culture that the Jets have built, even just like all the sayings that they have on the walls and the emphasis on communication and some of the, the personalities in that locker room. Um, you know, I, I don't know how other cultures in, in sports are, but the Jets have clearly built uh, a positive. They have a, de- they have a defining positive culture. Uh, finally, like when you, when I think New York Jets football, I, I know what that, that means and what they prioritize. I can't imagine Adam Gase getting up in front of a team at the start of training camp and trying to motivate guys. Like it just seems like somewhere you'd want to play. Um, so yeah, I mean, that part's great. I mean, obviously Rodgers can still sling it. I mean, seeing some of the 
the the I think the coolest part was Olbrick kind of breaking down that one throw he had to Rucker. Yeah, yeah. And just seeing the defense react to that and like how um just head over heels everybody is to to watch <laughs> greatness in practice and and everybody being aware of the opportunity the Jets have. I mean, yeah, it was cool. It was cool. It was cool to see the behind the scenes stuff. I just want to see a little bit more. I want to see more of that like raw documentary fly in the wall stuff that, that you got the last time the Jets were on it. I want to see Mark Sanchez ordering pizza for the QB room and, and arguing about them charging for ranch. You know, like I want to see those moments. And it's just like, or, or you know, or Rex Ryan's, you know, lighting up the team and telling him to go eat a goddamn snack. I mean, those are those are memorable moments. I don't know how many memorable moments we had in that first episode outside of Carcucci board. That's true. So, yeah, I hope we do see some more of that. And I, I think there are good chances to do it. But But I still thought it was really enjoyable. Um, because, you know, like I said, the main reason is I think hard knocks, and this is why I don't think you should compare it to one Jets drive is because, you know, the team is putting that out. So they're not going to say anything negative or, you know, be critical in any way. It's just like a puff piece, which is okay. And as it is, it's fun. It hypes you up. But, um, you know, just the fact that hard knocks is uncensored and it's unbiased, like it's a, a different perspective. And I think it's hard to compare them. So it was really enjoyable. I'm looking forward to hopefully going forward, seeing some more drama as you were mentioning. Yeah. I think the last thing that stood out to me, and I say this as somebody who's the same age as Zach Wilson is man. He just seems so young. Like when they, when they uh, showed him uh, on the sideline after he had that big pass and he was talking to the QBs and clearly just had like a big rush of endorphins. Cause he was so happy and smiling and talking really fast. But like, you just see how he, I don't think there's just something about it. that was just like so young about it, especially when you contrast it with Rogers I mean, he just seems like a little kid. Uh, and then they cut to him like eating a Smucker's PB&J in the in, like the halftime locker room. Like, uh, but we'll see. I mean, I'm definitely optimistic that that you know he'll be able to turn his career into something. I don't know if he's going to be whatever we thought he would be, but this is the best shot he has to to do anything in this league is to sit behind a, a guy like Aaron and just the the you know the the impact that Aaron has had on on the culture. And you had a tweet, uh, I think it was this morning, kind of just talking about you know uh, how you you know, we're d- deciding going back to January between Carr and Rogers and kind of weighing that decision uh, in terms of like what, what route the Jets should go. I'll say I was, I was team Rogers from the beginning. Didn't waver from that, but you know, I think you, you were never anti Rogers or anything like that. It was just more of a discussion of like, what does Carr bring you versus what does Rogers bring you? But you, you made the point of like, if we knew everything that Rogers was going to bring, it's no question. It was just some of those questions right. around January about how committed he would be what type of impact in the locker room and, and whatnot. So I thought, I thought that was, you know, interesting. And clearly in hard knocks, you can see he's, he's all in. Yeah. And um, yeah, going to that topic. I mean, that's something I've thought about recently, like, cause we've reached this point now where we're pretty much at five months of just, you know, being head over heels with Rogers and enjoying the spotlight he's brought to the team and just the hope that he's brought, you know, being one of the top 10 Super Bowl favorites, being on hard knocks, all this stuff. And like, I've just had these thoughts of, you know, imagine if we got Derek Carr and, you know, now he's in the, in those shoes instead of Rogers, it would, you know, would the hype be the same? Would our hope be the same? Probably not. Like you'd be optimistic, but it wouldn't feel nearly the same. So it, it feels weird to think that there was that point earlier this year when, you know, we were putting them head to head and really deciding which one is better. And as weird as it feels now, it was it was legitimate at the time because we didn't know the Jets would be getting this Aaron Rodgers, this motivated, this committed, you know, taking the pay cut. 
committing to multiple years and just being as invested as he's been. We didn't know that. You know, there were questions. Would he be motivated? Would he be all in? Did he really want to be a Jet? And, you know, all this other stuff. But all those questions have been answered. So if we knew that Rodgers would do everything he's done to this point, it never would have been a discussion. It was just, you know, Carr felt safer because you could just sign him. You didn't have to wait for Rodgers. You didn't have to deal with, you know, having to trade for him, restructure his contract, all the hype and, you know, noise that came with him and dealing with, did he actually want to be here? All that stuff was legitimate uncertainty at that point. But to this point here in August, and we'll see if it translates to the regular season, he's done everything he could to erase those questions that initially made it to where he seemed risky enough to where you'd compare him against Derek Carr. So, um, yeah, and I think Hard Knocks really showed all those things that we've been talking about all offseason, just the impact that he's had and how much he's embraced his leadership role. So uh, that's it's been clear throughout the offseason, but watching it on Hard Knocks really confirmed it. All right. Uh, moving past Hard Knocks, you had an interesting week. You went to the Jets-Panthers joint practice. Uh, you texted me a ton of different observations. Uh, you finally you finally got Twitter blue or X premium, whatever it's called. Tonight you can, you mean, you swore you never would, and here you are. Yeah, I turned to the dark side. Yeah. But uh, I saw some of those long tweets you put out. Um, let me let me just hear. It. Let's start from the beginning. Getting to practice, what was it like? What was the environment like? I have a few questions to ask you about it. But uh, what was what was it like being on the sideline? Yeah, it was pretty cool. This is the first time I've been to a practice like this. I've I've been to a practice with credentials once before, and. 2021 but that was during the season so i didn't get to go i only watched it from like a deck for the media pretty far away and like obviously they don't scrimmage or anything so that's the only credentialed one i've been to obviously being in north carolina i don't get a lot of opportunities to do it but they happened to come down to south carolina this off season so had to get over there um so yeah it's the first time i've been to this type of practice and it's it's definitely a very cool perspective to be right in the middle of everything, especially in this setting, because, you know, the where they practice, it's just two field, like two side fields out there at, um, I forget if it's pronounced Wofford or Wofford. I've heard both, but whatever. And that college out there in South Carolina, it's just two side fields. And they set up, there actually aren't even bleachers. It's just a hill that all the fans sit on. So it's like this very um, intimate kind of small town environment kind of feel over there. So, you know, I got my credentials and I went down to the tent to uh, sit in on the Sala press conference. And, you know, that was just in a little tent outside with a bunch of folding chairs. So it was like a very small town kind of feel out there. The Panthers got going. So, um, yeah, then after that, like I was watching the offensive practice for the most part, because there were two fields adjacent to one another. Um, On the one closer to the fans, it was the Panthers offense against the Jets defense and then vice versa in the far field. And, you know, I, as much as we love the defense, I got to watch Aaron Rodgers. That's my focus. So I, I tried to flip back and forth, but as primarily watching the offense, I was standing uh, pretty close. To, uh, I'm pretty much right up against yeah, the field. You, you're, the you're selling yourself short. You were literally on the side. You were in an area you weren't supposed to be, and you got told to leave at the end too? Well, I mean, no one told any, no one said anything until the very end. And there, I mean, there was – 
You're selling yourself media. short. You got to tell the people where you you were literally on the sideline. You were next to I was Joe on Douglas. The sideline. You were standing next to Joe. You're, <laughs> you're talking about the hill that the Panthers are the intimate. Well, I want to hear the fucking good stuff. You were standing right next to Joe <laughs> Douglas on the Jets sideline. Players are walking right past you, brushing shoulder. Tony Adams laying people out a foot away from you. Let's let's get into the the real stuff, Michael. The the let's hear about that. So we Joe Douglas. You, you told me that he comes right next to you. He's he's watching practice. What was that like? Yeah, I mean, so it was really funny because after the solid press conference was over, which was before the practice, that was as soon as all the Jets players and coaches uh, walked out from, uh, I'm I'm not exactly sure where they came from, but as soon as they walked in for the practice, um, Salah started off that press conference. Then I walked over to the field where they were practicing and no one ever really told me where to go. So I just saw most of the media people like the Hard Knocks crew and like saw a bunch of reporters from both Panthers and Jets um, on the sideline over there. There's like a small area between the two fields. So like right against the the, sideline. Where all the players are standing? Yeah, where all the players were standing. (laughs) So so I I was right there like on the sideline the whole time, literally standing against the sideline, like inches away from it, watching the whole Jets offense versus Panthers defense practice. It was courtside. Very, very cool. Courtside. That's 100% courtside. Um, so maybe I was supposed to be there. Maybe I wasn't, but why are you, why are you being so coy about it? They told you to leave at the, you, it was an honest mistake. It wasn't a big deal. You, it was an honest mistake. Honest mistake. If I knew you were like worried you're going to get in trouble there, or something, you just, you, I wouldn't be there, but I just, no one told me where to go. That's where most of the people were gathered. So it's like, I guess But the, the beat reporters though, I'm supposed to be at the beat reporters like way behind the end zone. though, right? Yeah. I think they were behind <laughs> the end zone based on later. I looked at pictures of where they were shooting okay, so from you, get, like, oh. you basically got like a dream scenario you're just on the sideline what was that experience yeah, but like? again it's not like only i was there there was dozens you're and so dozens worried of about media people you're there. fine so it was an honest mistake nothing it was all good at the end someone from the jet said hey media is actually you know you're also so like, oh, okay my bad i didn't know you're leaving out some so, of the good parts you know joe douglas right next to you at one point for at, a few yes minutes. At, at one point joe douglas <laughs> was right next to me for like a minute i did not speak to him on um, some of my maybe opinions yeah. <laughs> on roster decisions but uh it was interesting he was he was into it he was watching practice yeah, i hope so and then yeah. and then you also told me that uh there's some big collisions right in front of you You're just like jesus it just feels oh like yeah a car at crash. the end so at the end of practice they went to a two minute both uh, they went to the the other field closer to the fans and they were doing two minute so they switched the panthers offense went and the jets offense and there was a point where Bryce Young tried a deep shot to the end zone and uh, right in front of me, it was probably like three feet away. Like Tony Adams just, just, I don't know who was getting targeted on it, but he destroys this guy and breaks up the pass. So that's probably going to be on hard knocks because it was one of the most physical plays of the whole practice. Oh, so at least that I saw. So hopefully, hopefully I'm in there. I got a <laughs> light blue polo shirt on nice. and my, khaki shorts so oh god you were you were the car you were the cargo short yeah that's the the classic beat reporter classic beat reporter you need the extra pocket space um yeah yeah so so one of the other things one of the other things you were talking talking to me about is like you know for most fans who don't go to practice you just see the beat reporters tweets and their observations and analysis about how the offensive line's performing and they write you know all the this blurb about what's happening and then you're like well you can't really do that honestly now that you had the experience of being uh, out of practice as a member of the media. What are your thoughts on some of the tweets that we get uh, about how the, the offense and defense is performing? Well, yeah, I think because, again, this is my first experience watching this type of practice up close like that. And 
especially from that vantage point, because I, I did go to one practice as, uh, you know, in the stands as a fan of Jets practice a couple of years ago. And, you know, even that's like a better vantage point. But when you're on the field level with the players, like even though you're up against it, it's very hard to see what's going on in the trenches, especially if you're behind the end zone, which is where I know most of the reporters were for this one. But even if you are on the sideline, like you can't see the interior when you're, you know, parallel to the to the line of scrimmage. So uh, it, it's very hard to see what's going on. So, like, I tried my best to, like, put out some tweets of, like, results of plays and stuff, like, because, you know, it's easy to see, like, okay, completion for about 15 yards or whatever it is, or run to the right, get stuffed or something like that. But to actually analyze who's getting beat, you know, who allowed pressure, who had a good block and stuff like that, it's very hard to decipher that unless you're watching that player specifically. So I think the thing that I took away is that if you want to analyze something closely, you can only really watch one player at a time because there's also no replays. That's the biggest thing. You know, imagine watching through, you know, a real regular season game. There were no replays. You can't rewatch the game. Then show replays. Like how would you actually gauge who's playing well? So there's no replays. You have a very tough angle to actually see what's happening. Um, So I, I just found it very difficult to really find anything that I could definitively say, okay, this guy struggled, this guy played well. And I can say that with confidence, only having watched all of this once from the viewpoint I was watching it at. So I did come away with the takeaway that, you know, I would take a lot of what you read with a grain of salt. Who won the day between, uh, between the Jets and Panthers? I saw some conflicting reports that the Panthers maybe got the better end of the Jets at times. Well, again, I didn't really watch the, a ton of the Jets' defense against the Panthers' offense. From the few times I did watch, it didn't seem like the Panthers were moving it too much. I, I saw the Jets creating a lot of pass rush. So, But, again, I won't say too much about that without having seen it all. I'm not going to you know, claim this team won or this team didn't just based on you know, right. wanting to you know, have something to say without having to, you know, having evidence to back up. So I watched the offense or most of the team drills. I didn't see the two minute drill at the end where that's really what a lot of the headlines came from is apparently the Jets first team offense had a bad two minute drill to finish against the Panthers defense. And I didn't watch that because I was in the middle of moving, getting escorted out, (laughs) getting, getting punched and then dragged out. on my bare bare hands so <laughs> i didn't see that last two minute drill but i watched most of the or all of the team periods before that and i mean i don't think it was as bad as it's been made out to be i mean there was definitely some pass protection issues at times where rogers would throw it away pretty quick quickly or he would hit his check down but when he did get protected which which did happen it's not like he was pressured every single time he had a lot of big chunk plays, a lot of big chunk yeah, what, plays. What was especially... it like? What was it like just seeing the ball explode out of his hands? And that's literally the Jets quarterback. There, it was just, and I like I tried my best to describe it in the recap article I wrote, but like the best way I can describe it is that like we as Jets fans, Jets observers, are trained on a certain level of quarterback play that we've seen over the years. Like there's, a, a, that's the way that we look at quarterback play is based on what we've seen from the Jets quarterback. So there are so many throws where I would assume like, there's no way that throw is getting made and it would get made like so many tight windows where it looks like that ball can't fit in there and he would try it and he fits it in there. So uh, just seeing it in person and then, you know, hearing, you know, his signature call under center, you know, 
green 19 like it is just it was very cool to witness in person is it green so, 19 or green 18 I think, is it green I, no, green 18 green 19 i think it's green 18 18 i think it's 18 i've seen again conflicting reports on this but i think it's green 18 um who knows all right well it sounds like you had a pretty great experience uh something you won't forget though i mean that's just insane to think about you just <laughs> on the sideline right next to joe douglas all the players walking right by you they probably just thought you were just part of hard knocks or something but um Good work. No, that, that was another interesting thing is like there was a lot of hard knocks crew there for sure. You could see them everywhere. Yeah. And I got to see like up close. I, I do understand why teams don't want it because there were so many times I would see two two guys having a conversation, usually like a Panther guy and a Jets guy catching up, whether it's a coach or a player. And, you know, the camera guy will creep over and he'll get a nice angle. And then the boom mic guys right next to him, you know, Drop it in slowly right oh. above their heads. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I, if I were in that conversation, I would just immediately switch up to like, so great weather, huh? Yeah, you don't want to say you anything know? controversial. Like, on my, I thought they like, would have, I, I guess yeah. I've seen the boom mics. I would have thought they just would have, I, I guess it would be too hard. I would have said that they could have just mic'd as many people as possible to make it more authentic. Yeah. But I guess, I mean, that would be a nightmare to edit. So, yeah, but no, I saw them like constantly running around just trying to find the best angles, to, like, conversations to drop in on. Uh, it's it very interesting to see them at work. And I, and I will say there were probably a few conversations they were filming that I was in the background of. So I'll be, <laughs> be looking out for those. I'll be where's Waldo. No, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to get into them. All right. I'll, I'll be honest. I was not. Uh, I just, but, I just hope we get the shot of you standing next to JD. Or maybe we have JD mic'd up reacting to practice, and we'll just see you standing right next to him. That'd be funny. All right. Well, the Jets play a game in less than 24 hours at this point. What are we looking for? I mean, it sounds like the Panthers are going to play some of their starters. We'll see how many of the, the Jets guys play. It sounds like they're going to stick with the young guys, but I would, you know, I'd like to see like maybe like Billy Turner out there. I'd like to see maybe some of the veterans who are still fighting for positions and, you know, still need to prove themselves. Maybe some of the running backs get more run. Uh, we'll see exactly uh, what what the lineup is like. Um, but what what are you expecting um, from this game? We'll, we'll hop into some predictions and what we're looking for. But overall, just what are what are you what are you expecting tomorrow? Well, I think even more so than the first game, all eyes are going to be on that O line because it really feels like the scrutiny has only risen since then. Because you know, as we know, Mackay Becton was unable to fully get through that game without. Exiting earlier than anticipated. Going back to the Max field Mitchell where it struggled. happened. Going back to the field where it all happened, which is a great point. Like it's definitely a I, that that's going to be on hard knocks. You know, there's going to be a segment on that. Yeah. Now that I think about it, that that is that writes itself right there. So we'll see how he does there. And also, I was I was at that game as well, and I'll be at this one. Wow. So I, I remember seeing that. That was little did I know what that was going to be the start of. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I, I figured based on seeing it at first, like that it looked bad, but. If you remember at first, like they're saying like four to six weeks, we were like, all right, let's go. And then here we are today. He still hasn't. Random, random fans, sidebar, so. random sidebar. Do you remember how good Zach was in that game? Not to say he was perfect, yeah, it but was how different he game. looked. I mean, it, it was different. I mean, like, you know, it was, it was messy throughout a lot of it just because the pass protection was so bad and there wasn't much he could do. But that fourth quarter when he really started, you know, playing with nothing to lose and just letting it rip, he had some of his, you know, still to this day, best throws of his career. Like that one to Denzel Mims yeah. where he stepped up and took that shot, or even even some of the incompletions over the middle, even some of the incompletions at the start of the game, like that deep bomb he had to Moore that Moore dropped. Yeah. Oh, that was Remember a great throw. Look, Moore dropped that one. Like I haven't seen the ball explode out of his hands like that that many times. I, mean, I know he had you know 
good game against Tennessee and we saw the preseason game last year, but it's just, it's just funny to think about. Um, but yeah, you, you mentioned, I mean, yeah, all eyes are going to be the offensive line doesn't sound, I mean, we'll see, but I, I don't anticipate their interior starters being out there. I think the only addition that we would get is, is Billy Turner probably, uh, but we'll see. I mean, uh, that'll be something to, to watch. I also wonder uh, how many of the running backs we'll see. Um, but for me, I mean, all eyes are going to be back on Zach Wilson. Again, I hope we get to see more of him. Uh, with Strevler getting cut and being placed in IR, it's going to give him and Boyle more reps. So I think I'd like to see Zach play the whole first half and then Boyle get the second half. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I think that makes sense. Uh, although there is an argument to, you know, I, I forget if it was you who sang this, but, you know, is there a benefit to like every single rep? That's not going to Zach Wilson is wasted because he's going to. Hey, hey, hey that's our you know, guy. This that's is our guy Tim Boyle, baby. That's not wasted. Well, just in the sense that you know this is going to be Zach's only chance right. to develop. You know, you hope. You know, going into the regular season, so you know you want to give him as many reps as possible. Maybe coming out of the halftime locker room, you know, that's a good opportunity for development too. Just facing that situation, going to the half, coming out, playing a drive or two. So I, I would say maybe that maybe they do that this time around or do you think this is too early maybe one of the next two games I think they push him into the second half I think depending on how it goes it's hard you're I think they're slowly trying to rebuild his confidence too because so much of what Zach has struggled with has been the, the mental aspect of things and so if he's going out there and he's led a touchdown driver too and it's halftime don't put him back out there you know first of all you don't want to risk injury he is your top backup and also you know you want him to keep you know establishing that confidence and feeling good about him, himself so I think it kind of depends on the game. In this game, I'd play him for half. In the Bucks game, I'd play him. That, the Bucks game is really where I think you could play probably three quarters. Um, if the starters play a bit outside of Rodgers, I hope Rodgers doesn't play. In the Giants game, you could maybe give him that full game because you'd imagine the starters going to play for a good chunk and then maybe the backups get a lot more. It's just you don't want to have him out there. As much as you want to give him a full game, do you really want him out there in the fourth quarter behind you know the third and fourth string offensive lineman? I just you know I think I think a half in this one's good, and then three quarters in the next two are probably are probably what we're in for. Uh, what do you, what are you hoping to see? I know he had a, a reportedly had a tough practice against at the one you went to. Maybe you're just bad luck, um, but he's seemingly had a good training camp. So what are you kind of looking to see? I, I think just more i wouldn't say more of the same of what we saw in the hall of fame game but improving on some of the good things or maintaining some of the good things we saw in that game because you know i think there were flashes of better poise and patience in the pocket in that very short appearance that we want to see more of um and then i think his accuracy the consistency of it can still be cleaned up because he did have that one pretty bad miss later in that game to i think it was gibson then the other than that, there was one pass he threw in the flat to Yaboa that I thought was, you know, com- it was completed, but it was maybe not the perfect placement. Uh, There's the screen to Banacanda that wasn't perfect. So overall, the accuracy still a little shaky. And I saw that in the practice as well. Even some of the passes he completed, or if they were, you know, dropped, they hit the hands. Like they weren't always perfectly placed, which is, you know, you compare that. Not that it's fair to compare him against Rodgers, but you, know, you compare that to Rodgers and it's like every throw is where it needs to be. So, yeah, I still think there's work for him to be done. It wasn't the greatest trip uh, down to the joint practice for Zach Wilson. So, uh, yeah, just I think maintaining improvement in some of those key maintainable areas. It doesn't have to be the greatest stats. He doesn't even have to hit another throw like the one he hit in that Browns game. It's more just about 
the the process and the little things that are going to translate to real games and progress going forward. And what about the defense? What are we what are we looking to see there? I mean, obviously the young pass rushers is probably the most exciting part of that defense. Assuming they're running out the same lineup as the Hall of Fame game, it's possible maybe they give you know maybe some run to Quincy Williams. I don't know if he necessarily needs it. Maybe they give. Jordan Whitehead some runs, so him and Adams, Tony Adams as well. Maybe they get the starting safeties out there. We'll see exactly who plays, but what are you looking at for the defense? I think the linebackers continue to be an interesting uh, competition there for the back end of that uh, roster competition because I think we know the top three is pretty much locked up. It even seems like Sherwood kind of has that third spot locked down. I don't think anyone's pushing him for that. So after that, it gets interesting, you know, I think Barnes kind of had a rough debut, which would you expect, you know, developmental rookie. But um, the players after that have gotten interesting now that, you know, Ham's uh, waived slash injured. Um, and then Chad Surratt had the great game in the Hall of Fame game. But they also had the two veterans, um, Vigil and McGuavin, who are both, you know, for this part of the roster, good guys to have. I mean, Vigil has a lot of starting experience. McGuavin is a, has been a core special teams guy for Miami for the last four years. So they're both roster players. Uh, they're not for, for them to be in a fringe competition is you know really strong. So I'm interested to see if they can make a push. So the linebackers is very interesting. I, I would say to watch. Yeah. Do you think we'll see Tony Adams? I feel like we won't, right? It just seems like he's, he's nailed down the starting spot. Yeah, like, But you could still give him some, some, he really hasn't had seen that much game action. Right. I mean, I agree with that. Just, the fact that he sat out the first game, he's been getting all the first team reps. It seems like they view him as if you know he's shown shown them what he needs to show. All right, well we'll see. Um, I guess predictions. Uh, let's start. I guess with the let's start with Zach Wilson. What do you what do you predict him for Zach in this game? He's going to get to go against a starting defense. It does if Brian Burns is playing and he's going up against his backup Jets offensive line. I think that's. A little bit concerning. The, the one thing we've really seen from Zach is struggling when the pressure is arriving and he has to think quickly. Um, what, what are we predicting for Zach? I think – I feel like the stats aren't going to be good this time around. I mean, even last game, if he just doesn't hit the one deep pass, it wouldn't have been great. Um, so especially if he's going up against a starting defense with um, backup offensive line, it's, it's going to be rough. And the Panthers do have some good defensive players, especially in that pass rush. With, I mean, Brian Burns had a really great practice. I, I was watching the one-on-ones um, before they started the team drills and stuff, and Brian Burns was just scorching people. There, there's one clip that uh, I think the Panthers put out where he has a very clean spin move against Becton. I remember watching that live, and I was like, wow. I mean, his speed and just the, the skill that he has to combine with that speed is really off the charts. So he was dominant in those reps and in the team drills. So that – you would expect should translate to a game if he and the, and the other starters do get some reps. So uh, I feel like it's going to be a rough time statistically, but like I just said earlier, I don't think that means that Zach can't still make progress regardless of how well the offense is moving the ball. It's, it's all about what is he doing within what he can control? Is he making the right decisions every single play? Because there's always a right decision to be made and a wrong decision. You know, if the best play is throwing the ball away, throw the ball away. And if he's doing that every single time, he can have a great game, even if it means he's throwing for zero yards. So uh, that's what I want to see from him because it feels like it's going to be a rough situation if they're going to play a starting defense with the back of bow line. So I just want to see him 
survive that adversity and do the right thing. Yeah, I want to just I want to see how he manages the pocket and manages the the rush. Yeah, you know, I I really, you know, that first third down he had against the Browns where he rolled out to his, you know, he spun around, rolled left, and slipped. Yeah, it was a bad turf, but also, you know, he would have had a chance to make a play. But uh, I want to see him continue to step up. I want to see him uh, evade the rush and throw on the run. Maybe use his legs a little bit more. I know that's how he hurt himself last preseason, but. Um, I, I think watching him manage the rush is really what I'm interested uh, in seeing. How does he manage when there's there's the blitz and he has to get uh, you know thrown to the back immediately? I just want to see how he's able to kind of manage the rush. I'd like to see him lead a touchdown drive. I think that's a good goal for him to set. Uh, we'll see exactly how much he plays, but I, I do think he's going to get the first half. So I'd like to see a touchdown drive, watch him uh, evade the rush, and then hopefully maybe we get another uh, deep shot again. I mean, try to open up that, that area of his game because it was something that was – talked about so much about him coming out of college his ability to throw down the field and we really haven't seen it that much in the nfl so preseason is the time to take those those 1v1s um maybe he gets a connection going with brownlee and malik taylor we'll see don't think any of the starting receivers will play so uh yeah i guess it's the malik taylor show. do you think do you think taylor's in the lead right now for receiver six if they keep six he's definitely making a push it feels like ever since he made that catch i mean he was active in the joint practices too i know the second one which i was not at he you know had a great catch in that as well when they were scrimmaging against themselves and not the panthers on the second day uh so and you know he does have a little bit of experience with rogers and the packers so he has that going for him so uh yeah it really feels like he's starting to creep up a little bit brownlee's gotten all the talk throughout the offseason but uh, here comes Taylor, I think. He's certainly making a push. Yeah, I think Gibson is also in that mix. Maybe a wild card versus the other two, but I think Taylor's up there. Taylor's sure. our new Jeff Smith. Yeah, so, I think so. Yeah. He, he, yeah. I mean, Robbie told us when he came on a few Although weeks. Brownlee has his number, right? Brownlee does have his number, but I think Taylor uh, is a gunner too, right? So he can kind of fulfill that. Oh, he, he had that great tackle. Yeah. I remember that. So I think, I think, so, yeah. I think he's a better special teamer than Brownlee at this point. Um, you know, we were, we did our 53s. That's actually really important. That's a good point that you bring that up because Brownlee, I don't believe he has been playing much on special teams. So your last receiver, especially with the other five, don't play special teams at all other than, you know, Hardman might return, Cobb might return, but special teams coverage and all that, you know, quiet special team stuff, you know, the other five aren't doing that. So if you have six who aren't playing special teams, that can hurt. So I do think they're going to want that six guy to do it. So that does favor Taylor. And I think the battle honestly is, do you keep six receivers or four tight ends? And there's even an argument that maybe, maybe it'd be better to carry three running backs instead of four running backs. And that would give you the extra uh, roster spot because we did our 53 man or updated 53 man predictions earlier in the week. And we found it really hard to, to get all 53 guys in there. They're going to have to cut some good players and be light at maybe a few spots. Um, but I, I think it's like, yeah, the special teams value is a guy like Kuntz or Yaboa, who both have special teams versatility, or a guy like Taylor. And I think right now, Taylor's familiarity with Rodgers, the chemistry that he's established with both Rodgers and Wilson, he's had success being a downfield target. Uh, and he's been getting, yeah, he's been getting reps with the ones. He has that special teams versatility. I mean, I'd say he's he's the front runner right now. So we'll see if he can make an, another big push. I think that's something else I'm, I'm watching is just that, that receiver battle, seeing that the tight ends. I mean, it's like, if Kuntz makes a, you know, has a great game, he could really maybe affect that position. If all the running backs, or if one of the running backs in particular, Michael Carter, struggles in this preseason, I, you know, that's 
potentially a roster spot that could be freed up. So that's kind of what I'm looking at. The offense between four running backs, four tight ends, and six receivers. You really, you, you at least you're going to have one of those three things, maybe two of those three things, but you can't have all three of them. So which one is it going to be? Uh, but yeah, I would say my prediction for Zach is, is, it, is at least a touchdown drive. I think the other goal is no turnovers, which is going to be hard, you know, especially if he's going to be airing it out and he's facing a rush and has his backup receivers out there against a, you know, a competent defense, but no turnovers, lead a touchdown drive, manage the rush. Well, you know, he doesn't have to light up the scoreboard, but uh, I'd like to just see him look in control. And like you said, control the things that he can't, you know, his footwork uh, going through his progressions without having that sense of panic about him. Um, that's what I'm excited to watch. I'm excited to watch the Zach Wilson show. I'd like to see Becton make it through a full half too. We'll see how much. I mean, he only did seven snaps last game, so I guess a quarter would be a win. But I'd like to see Becton get at least the first half. That would be nice to see him get through that whole game, at least for him mentally too, on the same field. Um, I think I think that could be valuable for him. And then on the defense side of the ball, I mean, I want to see some sacks. I want I want to see a sack between either Johnson or McDonald. I'd like to see a sack between one of them. Uh, I know McDonald got Iguanu with uh, with his spin move during during practice this week. Johnson had a really nice rep uh, last week in the preseason and supposedly had a good training camp. So I like to see one of them get a sack. I mean, we'll see how much we get of, of, of Bryce Huff. But, you know, if Bryce Huff is playing deep into the second half, uh, you know, maybe maybe the Jets will have multiple sacks. Um, the other thing you said, and, we, you know, not to – we'll wrap it up here quickly, but I know you mentioned uh, being at practice, you just noticed how small Bryce Young was. And uh, I wonder, I wonder if the defense can capitalize that. Maybe, maybe some batted balls at the line, tipped, tipped interceptions for the linebackers. Maybe, yeah, potentially. I mean, Jermaine had a tipped pass in the last game. I know. So, uh, but I, I agree with you on McDonald and Johnson. I'd love to see them make a big play in the passing game to kind of show us that, especially for Johnson, to show us that the development is happening. And that deflection he had was a, it was a really good rush that put him in position to get that deflection. So. And he only played a few snaps, but uh, yeah, anything you you can get from him in the preseason to give you that promise, like okay, he's developing as a pass rusher, we can be excited about a potential leap this year. I think would be great to see. But uh, but yeah, I mean, seeing Bryce Young in person, like I'm not gonna say he's like you know the smallest quarterback I've ever seen, but it, it's, he's definitely noticeably. Who have you seen smaller, smaller? Your, I guess Kyler Murray. Not that I've seen him yeah. in person, but I mean, Murray he's smaller. But uh, I mean. Yeah, he's definitely noticeably small for a quarterback. Like he, when he was walking in, he really blends in, which is all the other <laughs> average size people who are around. So it's it will be will be interesting to see how he can work around that. But I mean, from the little I watched of the Jets defense against the Panthers offense, I, th- I thought he did okay. Like he he missed a few throws, but over the middle he was pretty accurate when the windows were there at hitting guys in stride. Um, so I thought he showed some some accuracy and some talent over the middle. So it'll be fun to watch him against his Jets defense. All right, last thing, predictions. Let's get into it. Throw them out. Any random predictions? We'll get into the score predictions last, but um, I'm gonna say Jermaine Johnson sack in this game. That's that's one. You got you got one for the for the defense. All right, I'm gonna throw out three bold predictions. Okay, let's hear them. I'm gonna go Xavier Gibson two touchdowns. Okay, both receiving obviously. Okay, Boiler um, Boiler Wilson one each. Okay, one each. He stood out to you in practice? Um, I I didn't actually didn't see too much of him in practice, but just based on the Hall of Fame game, I saw a lot of routes where he was open. Okay. And he didn't get the ball. You know, Zach missed him that one time. Um, and then there were at least two others where he was open and it went somewhere else. So I saw that and I was like, you know, I think maybe next game he might capitalize. So 
that's not completely random. I am basing it off, off of something. Um, defensively, I'm going to say Will McDonald gets a strip sack. Okay. Um, then on special teams, I'm going to say Zach Kuntz gets a pancake block. That's a that everyone talks a, about. All right, that's a. All right, we'll see. Okay, come on, I'm going outside the box. Yeah, everyone could, pancake block on like, special teams is whatever. But. I'm going to be the one who posts it, and everyone will be talking. All right, fine. <laughs> I'm going to go Jermaine Johnson sack. I'll say. I'll be honest. I had I did I couldn't come up with anything, so I just fine. said that. It's okay, don't worry. But it says a lot about me that Zach Koontz's special teams blocking is the first thing that comes to my mind. I'm gonna say Zach leads two touchdown drives. How about that? One to okay. Kenny Yaboa, and the other one is a rushing. If you could do that against the Panthers starters, that well, would I think I think I think he'll sure. play beyond the Panthers starters because I think he'll play the full True. first half, and I think the Panthers starters might probably play the first quarter. Um, so I'll say he throws one to Kenny Yaboa, and then the other one's a, a rush. It's hard to predict because I don't know exactly which running backs will play. Um, but if we get some Carter and some Bam Knight in there, I mean, maybe uh, maybe Michael Carter touchdown. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, apparently Donovan Knight's been significantly better so maybe maybe they keep him on the sideline i will tell you watching i did i was impressed with knight watching him and i like don't think i'm biased because i have talent cook day pros on of a night but uh, no he was he was legitimately impressive and in, in a few different ways i thought he did get targeted a lot the jets were checking the ball down a lot because of some of the pressure that was reported um and there were some passes he was thrown that weren't perfect he'd have to contort back to it a little bit maybe extend out in front sometimes, but he caught all the passes and team drills that I saw. And then when he's running the ball and look, evaluating the run game and these practices is a hard thing to do, especially the running backs specifically, because you know there's no tackling. It's kind of once they run into somebody, it's pretty much over at that point. So it's hard to evaluate, but he, the way the movement that he creates when he puts his shoulder into someone, it really stood out in comparison to the other running backs. I mean, he packs a punch when he puts his shoulder down and uh, finishes off his run. So, again, a grain of salt because it's not real tackling, but it was noticeable, some uh, of the movement, and just the, the pop that you can hear when he was putting his shoulder into people. Not much uh, and not much moving on. And he, Go ahead. I did see some good vision as well because there was one play where he was taking a handoff, and it was pretty much blown up immediately, nowhere to go, but he bent it back all the way to the backside, and he had room for a huge run. And it was also kind of funny but because he did that. Uh, because he did that, he went straight into Aaron Rodgers, and Rodgers ran out, was lead blocking for him. Fortunately, no Jesus. one touched him, but, but it was a somewhat scary moment, but also kind of funny in hindsight because he didn't get hurt. Yeah. So, the- uh, so I, I, I like what Zonovan Knight shown with, with what he showed within what you can gauge in those practices. Hasn't been too much movement on the Dalvin Cook stuff, so I think people are slowly. Do you coming take back- anything away from the fact that he wasn't? In that Hard Knocks episode, yeah, I, I think I, Jets have final say. I also think that it's possible he still signs. I think it's just they're they're apart on money, and so if he does sign, I think we'll see it. And then if not, maybe we just don't ever see it. I think they're just holding it. There's no there's no benefit to showing it now. But uh, yeah, that's another example. Like that is an example of like I want to see what do they offer him. Like in other Hard Knocks, like we got to see what the Jets were offering Revis in real time on TV. It's like that's what was kind of missing. That's just that's my only gripe, but. It is what it is. It's still it's still fun to watch as a Jets fan. It's just if I was a Bears fan and I was watching this, I'd be like, all right, this is just Aaron Rodgers porn. Like, but we'll see. We'll see how it, it develops. Last prediction, I'll go. Bryce Young throws an interception. I've been going back and forth in my head. Who's going to get this interception? But I'm going to say Trey Dean. Are we a friend of the podcast, Trey Dean. I know. I'm going to go. Sorry, Trey. I think Trey. You know, I, I like what we've seen from him. I think he has a space in this roster, at least 
at least practice squad, maybe fifty three. But I'll go. I'll go. Javelin Gidry picks off. Picks off Bryce okay. Young. That's that's what I'm feeling right now. Little little slot corner interception action. So those are some uh, some final predictions. We'll see how many of them uh, come true. Uh, Michael, well, actually, I'll throw another prediction out. Go there. ahead. I agree with you on the interception by Bryce Young, but I'm going to pick a different player to get it. Okay. I'm going to say for the second consecutive game, Chaz Surratt. I almost, I almost did, but I was like, I don't know if I should pick the same guy twice. And I, I have some very minor reasoning, Let's and that would be just because when I was watching the Jets defense against the Panthers offense, most of the passing was over the middle. So I do think that that would present some opportunities right. for the linebackers. And because it's a rookie quarterback, I feel like small linebacker interceptions and a smaller one. That's, that's a good point. Um, I, I feel like with rookie quarterbacks, they're more success, susceptible to those, you know, linebacker interceptions where they might not see them lurking over the middle or dropping and they'll throw it right to them. I mean, Zach had one just like that yeah. against the Panthers two years ago. Uh, so I, I have some reasoning there. Right. And, you know, we, another thing we saw in hard knocks is that, Robert Sala loves him some Chaz Surratt. Yeah. I think his roster odds increased a lot just from that segment. Yeah, on hard knocks, especially if he gets back to back interceptions. So, yeah. Um, all right, I'll do the plugs. We'll get out of here. Uh, follow us at CJ Pod on Twitter. Michael Michael underscore Nania. Myself Ben W Blessington. Go to JetsXFactor.com. Best place to go for Jets content. Subscribe to the Jets X Factor YouTube, and if you can, please rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Depending on when you when you listen to this, either it's game day or the game's tomorrow, but. Uh, very excited to watch some stress-free Jets football. We get to evaluate Zach, Becton, Jermaine Johnson, Will McDonald. It'll be a fun time. Zach Kuntz's special teams Zach, blocking. Zach Kuntz's special teams blocking. Just no injuries, please. Michael, last thoughts. I'm looking forward to this one. I'm going to be there. It, it, it'll be an interesting full circle moment You know, compared to two years ago. You know How much has changed since Robert Sala's debut, Zach Wilson's debut in that very same stadium? To where we are right now so much has changed in what feels like a very quick two years that have gone by since then so we'll get the uh, uh it'll be interesting we'll get the green on white apparently against against the panthers all white at, at uh, i think it's a 4 p.m game so but we'll get the uh, we'll get the yeah. debut of the green jerseys we'll see if they wear it in the regular season this year um yeah i mean we both in our uniform predictions have quite a few green jersey games green on right? white. yeah towards the end of the season well we gotta we gotta drop the uniform prediction soon michael uh, can we also, Woody? Can we get a uniform schedule, please? I mean, I guess you know what? Maybe, maybe. Uh, do you do you like that instead of the intrigue every week? Of I guess know, that's what I was about to say. It's, it's boost Woody's uh, social media game to every week get to announce the uniform. So that's probably what will happen. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we'll be back with another pod uh, this weekend. Uh, either what do you think? Saturday night, Sunday night? What are we doing? Maybe maybe give it a day to watch the film and then do the pod. I mean, we will have time after the if you're available to right, well, record it because it's an earlier game. All right, well, so then we'll have some time to rewatch it and then record. So, all right, so be on the lookout for a pod Sunday morning, breaking down the film. Everybody have a great week. Or what am I saying? Everybody have a great night. Enjoy the Jets game. We'll be back on Sunday. Go Jets.